sermon, this sermon series this week about freedom and spending our time and money on the things that matter most, I'm going to read to you a passage from the prophet Isaiah. I was planning on just reading verses 6 and 7, and they'll be on the screen behind me, but I feel like I want to read more, so I'm actually going to read uh, chapter 58, verses 1 through 7, if you're someone who follows along in your Bible, and if, if you don't, if you want to follow along with more than what's on the screen, I'll give you a second to find that, Isaiah chapter 58, I'm going to start with verse 1, I used to wait until I quit hearing pages, now I wait until people are done looking on their phones for Isaiah. <laughs> this is what the prophet, what God says to the prophet Isaiah. Shout loudly. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their crime, to the house of Jacob their sin. They seek me day after day, desiring knowledge of my ways like a nation that acted righteously that didn't abandon their God. They ask me for righteous judgment, wanting to be close to God. Why do we fast and you don't see? Why and you don't see? Why afflict ourselves and you don't notice? They say. Yet on your fast day, you do whatever you want and oppress all your workers. You quarrel and brawl and then you fast. You hit each other violently with your fists. You shouldn't fast as you are doing today if you want to make your voice heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I choose? A day of self-affliction, of bending one's head like a reed and lying down in mourning, clothing, and ashes? Is this what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the fast I choose? Releasing wicked restraints. Untying the ropes of a yoke setting free the mistreated and breaking every yoke. Isn't it sharing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your house, covering the naked when you see them and not hiding from your own family? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. May God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. May God give us wisdom and courage as we try apply the truth of Scripture to our lives is the best that we can. So over the course of the last few weeks, I've uh, tried to invite you to order your inner life by taking steps to name what matters most to you, to practice gratitude and trust, and to believe that you have enough by embracing voluntary limits. And I've invited you to order your outer life by taking practical steps to value and align your time and to create a plan for how to spend your time and your money. So today I want to talk with you and encourage you to consider how to live your life and the freedom that we receive through Christ. But to get to the main points I want to make, we've got to have some theological thoughts happening first. When I was a younger guy, like in my early 20s, maybe to mid-20s, I had this belief, this theology, that if I, and it, and it comes from the Bible, and it's not untrue, it's orthodox, and it's good theology, but my understanding of it was shallow, and this is what my understanding was. If 
I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is God's Son, who God raised from the dead, and that I am in need of God's grace because I am a sinner, and I confess all of those things and I repent of my sin, then I will be saved. The end. That's what it was about for me, it being church and Christianity. It was about the end. When I die, I get to go to heaven because I prayed this prayer and I believe these things. That is all true, by the way. But I'm one of those people who sometimes will just jump to the end of a book. Like, I read the first Harry Potter book and the last Harry Potter book. <laughs> no judgment, right? This is a judgment-free zone. I, I will start a book sometimes and then go read the last chapter and then go back and read the rest of it. Like, that's me. I'm one of those annoying people. At least my wife tells me that's annoying. <laughs> but that's how my theology works. I did this thing at the beginning of my faith, like I pray this prayer, I do this stuff, and then that means at the end of my life, these other things happen, and nothing was thought about what happens in the middle, except that I don't want to sin because sin isn't good for my relationship with God, whatever that meant, right? Like, I'm just going to not do bad things, and that's going to somehow keep me in the good graces of God. Like, I didn't understand the whole story. And I think that sometimes we get caught up in thinking that our spiritual disciplines, like generosity and spending our time and money on things that matter most, I think that we were like, what? what? Why does that matter? Because the end, like we, we're there, like we understand what's going to happen because we did this thing at the beginning. And the middle stuff, like whatever. But it's in the middle that life is lived. It's in the middle that things really, really matter. It's in the middle that ties the whole thing together. Jesus said, I came to give you life and give it to the fullest. To give you life, to give you the stuff in the middle. It's not about the beginning and the end only. It's the whole thing stretched out over your entire life. So what's the point of finding freedom if it's only about the end? Well, listen to what James says in the second chapter of his book. I had this idea when I was younger, when I thought it was about the beginning and the end, that this was a controversial passage of scripture. Now I find it to be one of my favorites. This is James chapter 2, starting with verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have words, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have words. Show me your faith without your words. 
And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? Well, good for you. Even the demons believe, and they tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? I thought that was controversial because I thought it was only about the beginning and the end. I didn't understand that my faith throughout my life, the way I lived my everyday life, mattered. And not necessarily because I'm trying to earn the approval of God, because listen, I've told you this a thousand times, and I hope to tell you ten thousand more times. God loves you. You can't do anything to cause God to love you more. You can't do anything to cause God to love you less. God loves you, plain and simple, period, at the end, no asterisk, the end of the story. You are loved. So the spiritual disciplines, the living of the everyday life, isn't about trying to gain favor with God. It's about trying to live into this life that is the fullness of life. James was on to something. So was Isaiah. Isaiah recognized that the people of God were fasting and they were crying out to God and they were asking God for judgments and that sort of thing. But what they really wanted was just for God to say, it's all good, go do what you're going to do. And God is saying, no, live life with me. Live the life that is life. Treat people the way that people ought to be treated. And in doing so, you will find more of God. I wonder what that looks like for us. In ancient Judaism, this thing that James was saying wasn't controversial because for them, faith was lived out. It was an expression of how you live. You didn't have to tell people what you believed. They just saw what you believed. You might say you believe one thing and you live something else, and they would say, oh, you don't really believe what you're saying. Maybe we could do better that way. There's a theologian and philosopher, Peter Rawlings. You can find him on YouTube, and he has this famous talk that he gives where he talks about how he's, he's controversial and he says intentionally controversial things to get more clicks, right? Like that's the game on the internet. And one of the things that he says often is people accuse me of denying the resurrection of Jesus. Of course, I deny the resurrection of Jesus every single time that a woman tells us that they've been abused and we say she's crazy, we deny the resurrection of Jesus. And every time we walk past a homeless person and we look at them as though they're less than human, we deny the resurrection of Jesus. And every time we cheat or steal in the most proper ways, we deny the resurrection of Jesus. But, on some days, on some occasions, he says, I affirm the resurrection of Jesus. When I seek out forgiveness when I've done harm to someone, I affirm the resurrection of Jesus. When I offer forgiveness to someone who has done me harm, I affirm the resurrection of Jesus. When I listen to someone who tells me they've been harmed, and I do what I can to believe them, I affirm the resurrection of Jesus. Basically, saying what James says. Show me your faith without your works. 
to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Or to sit with people in their pain because that's what we're supposed to do. Or to have all the ideas that everybody needs. Or to win. Or to just find peace for the sake of finding peace. But the reality is, what we need to do is just be. Just be. And know that God is with us. So the spiritual disciplines that we pick up during Lent, starting Wednesday, of fasting, of reading, of praying, of going for a walk, of looking out the window, of sitting in your backyard and listening to birds singing, like, whatever discipline you pick up, it's not about gripping tight and doing the right thing. It's about releasing and allowing God to be God. Does that make sense? It doesn't to me. <laughs> I know it in my head. I can read it in James, and I can read it in Isaiah. I can hear it in the, in the voice of the song. And what that tells me is that we're not alone. I think people throughout history have struggled with this idea, like, we want more of God. And so we grip tighter. And I think what God is saying is, relax more. Find freedom, because Jesus came to give us freedom. And life, that really is life. There's a place in the Bible that says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So friends, let's have fun. Let's enjoy time. Let's cherish it. Let's spend it in finding people that we need to find. And when we go to do acts of service, let's do them with an open heart looking for the presence of God. I wonder what that looks like for us. What it looks like for us to relax, but at the same time be more intentional. To be thoughtful and present and aware in each and every moment so that when we go to help those in need. We're not going to accomplish, we're just going to find. And when we give of our things and our time, we're not doing that because we need to do the right thing, but we're doing it because we're trying to find more of God. Here's what I think happens when we give. Some preachers will disagree with me on this, but they're wrong. <laughs> Oftentimes you'll hear preachers say something like, if you give 10%, if you give a full tithe to God, you will be blessed how many times over? 10 times 100 or some crazy amount like that. And you'll see them on TV sometimes, like call this number, and if you'll give, God will bless you 10 times 100 or whatever that happens to be. That's crazy talk. What happens in the blessing is that we release ourselves. Like, God gives us the ability to break our own chains. And in the process, we find God. So when we give of our finances, when we give of our time, we find more God. But the trick is, just do it. You don't think about it. You don't try to do it the right way. You don't, you don't grip tight. You loosen up. Christianity should be joyful, it should be laughter, it should be sharing, it should be community, it should be eating food together, it should be going for walks together, it should be solitary, and it should be communal, like 
It's all of the things mixed together. But we do it all so that we can experience 